An idea can come from anywhere, and graphic designers pull inspiration from what's around them, from the simplest river to the largest cities. Join Tom and Paris Fox as they talk about the tools, strategies, tactics, and possibilities in modern medium design. Here we are back again for another episode with uh, Paris Fox. Paris, welcome. Thanks, Tom. So, Paris, one of the things that has intrigued me is how can you begin to activate your senses to begin the creative process? So I was wondering if you might give us a few thoughts about that today. Yeah, definitely. Something that I've been understanding and learning more in my art process at PSU is just that, how art can be, and at times should be, an entire sensory activation. Whereas in the past, like, I haven't necessarily thought about it in terms of smells, taste, feeling, sight, touch, and hearing. Usually it's more of a combination of visual and oral sounds. So it's been interesting to kind of think about how those other senses can be left out of an art practice or an art experience when art is really supposed to imitate life. And within life, we're experiencing all of those things, usually all at once. And so when it comes down to kind of forming an idea about something or thinking about something differently is what I mentioned in a previous podcast, going down to the Willamette River and kind of thinking about what I was hearing, what I was smelling, more than just what I saw. And so really taking those into consideration, those other senses, and how those other senses can help me understand something differently or in a new light. So as I recall, there are five senses. Mm -hmm. Could you maybe walk us through how you would utilize each one of those to help activate or begin the art process? Sure. Well, easy to begin with visual. A lot of art is going to be visual based on what we see and what we can take in with our eyes. So I feel like that's kind of the typical approach when you think of going to an art gallery or going to museums and just sort of seeing the paintings or the sculptures in front of you and experiencing them, usually at a distance, but just through your eyes. And one thing I think that's interesting about those spaces that kind of goes into the second sense of hearing is a lot of the spaces are usually silent. They don't include music because it's not typically seen as, you know, something you accompany fine art with. But silence in itself is going to be a sound that you're hearing. And so that's always something to consider. Why is there no sound? Why am I just hearing other people shuffling around? What am I hearing those other people say? And so sound-based art has been something really interesting to think about, especially within a ritualistic practice of like, what do I hear when I leave the house to take the bus downtown to go to school? And so one of the mornings I was going down there, I just sat in different spaces and recorded sound for five or 10 seconds of that morning of getting downtown and going to school and the things that I was hearing. And so kind of experiencing that routine, but only through audio. And so that kind of pushed me in a different direction than, you know, what I see on the bus, whether I'm looking out the window or reading a book or staring at my phone. That was a different experience and it made me more aware of what was going on in that routine. And so we did a little soundscape project and those sounds I was able to incorporate within a narrative. And that was something I'd never really thought of outside of music because music can easily tell a story, but can you tell a story with just things that you hear on the street? So if I could take that perhaps in a little bit different direction, mm -hmm. could you also educate or teach using these sounds? Definitely. I mean, 
it was really interesting and intriguing to hear all these sounds that people collected from their day-to-day lives and hear them transform them into something completely different. I think that that was really teachable in terms of another something ordinary or uninteresting that you might think of and you can turn it into something new and different or a new way to look at something. And so for me, it was easy to take or I took these sounds and I turned them into, constructed them to a narrative of how I felt when I was at my previous college and how I felt being at PSU now. And they didn't necessarily sound like getting on the bus or walking downtown, but they told that story. So obviously you can use sounds, music, soundtracks Mm -hmm. of videos, soundtracks of movies to certainly enhance a mood, perhaps lead a viewer to even a certain emotion Mm -hmm. or a feeling. Is that part of an educational process or should the visual medium of the graphic artist be emotion neutral? I don't think anything can be emotion neutral purely based on what the viewer is going to feel when they see something. No artist can decide what you're going to feel when you look at something. They might have hopes, they might have intention, but different things are going to make people feel differently. I mean, think of songs being used as motifs in movies. Like, they're there to specifically lead the viewer to a certain feeling or emotion or tone that can be reoccurring and that you think every time you hear it, you might not notice it, but you're thinking about it and it keeps coming up. So one of the uh, senses is touch, Mm -hmm. feelings, not inside feelings, but (laughs) feelings outside. That's what I was always taught, that uh, there were feelings inside and feelings outside. (laughs) But touch is also a sense, Mm -hmm. and that can lead to further discovery. Could you uh, perhaps give us a few thoughts on that? I think that's a big piece of art that isn't necessarily recognized in somewhere where you're viewing a sculpture or something. It's not necessarily about touching that sculpture. It's more about seeing it. But when you touch something, you're going to get a different feel for it and you're going to understand it in a different way. And so I think, you know, it's interesting thinking about those little boxes that you use in elementary school where it's a black box and you just stick your hand inside and kind of have to feel around and it might feel, you know, it might just be some kind of like squishy stuffed animal. But when you're feeling it inside of there, It could give you this sense of like anxiety or nervousness. And that emotion wouldn't necessarily be associated with like a little stuffed bear. But if it feels differently than what you're picturing, that can totally change, change the tone, change the energy or change the way that you view something when you later see it visually. And I think that art that I find really intriguing is art that incorporates touch, whether You walk into a gallery and like the entire floor and wall is covered in carpet and you're feeling it and it's all around you, kind of just experiencing those feelings, even in something like dance where you could be physically touching someone else. That's going to change the story. That's going to change the intent of an idea. So could we flip it from the sense leading to a different interpretation to the how does the artist incorporate those senses into the creative process? I mean, I think that it is important to consider all five senses when you're creating anything, even if it's just a painting, because so much of what I've learned about even just that being in an art gallery is the exhibition of it and the way that you present something and whether or not there's going to be an audio effect or something physical to reach out and touch. When we did the exhibition in my ideation class, We were told to set it up however we felt we wanted people to see it or whatever we felt was right. And a lot of people just had photographs pinned to the wall. But I placed below my photographs an audio loop of 
what I heard when I went down to the river, and I placed the tools that I took to examine the rivers. For instance, I had a ruler and a jeweler's loop. So that jeweler's loop was intended to take off and look at everything, and you could kind of examine it up close. But that wasn't what I experienced when I went down there initially. I couldn't get close enough to really see anything that magnified with it. And so that changed this perspective completely. And so when you could look at those photos that I took from far away, it was different. So it sounds like I'm really intrigued because I thought this was going to focus on the artist activating his or her senses Mm -hmm. to move forward with a project. But you spent a fair amount of time discussing the receiver, Mm -hmm. the interpreter, if I can use that, how the art might activate their five senses, not simply the visual sense. Mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the key aspects. I mean, it's going to be different for everyone's art, but if you're wanting someone else to look at it or someone else to experience it, I think it's important to consider not only what senses you're activating, but how that might be different for someone else. Because everyone's going to interpret something differently. We all come with different experiences and different preconceived notions to look at art. And so nothing's going to be quite the same. Even if you think, oh, well, it feels this one way to me and I want everybody to feel it this way, that's not going to be the case. Well, Paris, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but it's been a fascinating exploration of utilizing your senses. I look forward to continuing the conversation. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Modern Medium Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you spread the word by subscribing and leaving a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.